Good afternoon and welcome to episode 21 of Special Situation Investing. First off, I hope you enjoyed Oko, our guest for episode 20, who covered Fortress Transportation and Infrastructure, LLC. I know I learned quite a bit about the company's ongoing transformation and the value they plan to unlock over the next year. In today's show, we will cover Jack Mahler's recent announcement at the Bitcoin 2022 conference in Miami. For those of you who don't know, Jack Mahler's is the founder and CEO of Strike, a Bitcoin-centered payment application that continues to innovate at breakneck pace. I started using Strike nearly a year ago and haven't purchased Bitcoin anywhere else since that time. The app has the lowest fees by far, it's a useful payments app, and it's adding some amazing technology to the payment space in the coming year. I recommend that you review the full announcement by Jack Mahlers on YouTube if you haven't already. But to sum it up, Strike has partnered with Shopify, Blackhawk, and NCR to enable Bitcoin payments at the point of sale using an open payments network. Let's break this down by taking each part of the announcement and discussing it separately. First, this open payment system will enable electronic payment at participating vendors without using ACH or other standard payment rails. In other words, you can execute a cash final settlement between your Bitcoin wallet and a vendor that settles outside of Visa, Amex, MasterCard, etc., which is significant for a few different reasons. For the vendor, it matters in that it saves them money. Credit and debit card transactions cost the average vendor something in the neighborhood of 2.5% per transaction. For a large company, that's a massive percentage when applied to millions in sales or a low-margin business. Open payments on the Bitcoin network, especially when transacted over the Lightning network, are significantly cheaper and will save the retailers money without any additional effort on their part beyond the initial setup. For the customer, the open payment network is significant because they can pay in many different currencies. Over Strike's network, for example, you can send US dollars over the Bitcoin network and pay a vendor in dollars, or you can pay with Bitcoin and the vendor receives dollars, euro, yen, or Bitcoin. So there's a great deal of flexibility in these transactions. Anti-censorship is another benefit that we've covered in the Bitcoin episode before. The open source payment network means that the transaction is between you and the vendor and not a trusted third party. If the third party decided to lock up your money or block a suspected fraudulent charge through normal payment channels, then the customer can't complete the transaction. But with an open payment network routed through the Bitcoin network, the payment can't be stopped or blocked. Enhanced privacy is another benefit of electronic payments over an open network. While not a privacy coin or private payment per se, you do get more privacy when the payment isn't routed through a third party. So if for some reason you're making a payment you'd rather not route through Visa or MasterCard or some other major company that will sell your information to advertisers, you can cut them out and make the electronic payment directly with the vendor at the point of sale. Okay, now that we've covered some of the benefits of this system, how does it work in practice? Well, again, I recommend you watch the full presentation by Jack Mahlers yourself, 
but I can summarize what he demonstrated in the following way. To show off his new payment system, he purchased three items in a local Chicago store. The first item was a Coke paid for by scanning a QR code with his phone. This payment was settled using Bitcoin over the Tor network, sourcing Bitcoin from a wallet on his phone. The second payment, executed via the Square Cash app using Bitcoin and settled in dollars, and again was sourced using Bitcoin. For the third payment, he generated a barcode with a Bitcoin wallet on his phone, which the vendor scanned to complete the payment, and again was cash settled. Presumably, the last method can be used when the vendor does not have a screen capable of generating a QR code, but does have a scanner that can complete the payment. One quick note here, uh, he was demoing the technology, and it will roll out slowly over the next year uh, for the rest of us to use. Removing third parties from digital transactions may not seem significant, but the benefits and implications are much greater than can be covered in this brief podcast. To touch on one of the implications briefly, I'd highlight the oft-discussed unbanked people of the world. Much has been said and much ink spilled contemplating how to bring the unbanked into the digital age, and Mahler's announcement definitely removes many of the barriers preventing that group from joining us in the digital age. If, for example, you have a mobile phone but no credit card or bank card, You could download a free software wallet, load it with Bitcoin, and then using that software wallet and this open payment network, you're equipped to make purchases digitally without the ID checks, application forms, and other delays that go along with applying for and receiving a bank account, credit, or debit card. That's just one of the implications of the open payment network. Uh, That alone would be a huge leap forward in digital payments and banking access for people across the world. But there are many more examples that we could go into uh, of how this is a leap forward and a revolutionary change. I bring up this announcement in the podcast today because it's interesting and because it could have a huge impact on traditional payment systems and companies. And finally, because it further enhances the value of Bitcoin. I think it's useful to value Bitcoin using at least two different frameworks. The first framework captures the discussion thus far and is what Jack Mahler's often focuses on, and that's the utility of the Bitcoin network. Essentially, you have the most secure global payment network in history, operating with lower fees than the traditional digital payment space, and it's gaining more users, development, and applications every day. The second framework to value Bitcoin with is its store of value proposition. A total of 21 million coins issued with the last coin, or the last coin issued in 2140, with global central banks attempting to print their way ever faster out of their balance of payment problems, a verifiably limited currency, a scarce asset, should hold its value against the decline of all other stores of value. The ever-growing adoption of this digital network and the implication of Metcalfe's law on that adoption also fit into Bitcoin's store of value framework, but that's a discussion that might be best for another time. To wrap up, I offer you the following consideration. If Bitcoin continues to see innovation around its utility, which it is clearly happening, 
And if it has a fixed issuance, which it does, then it stands to reason that its value will remain or grow against falling fiat currencies. For the unconvinced on the podcast, I'd encourage you to purchase a token amount of the currency and start the learning process for yourself. As I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, Strike is now the only place I buy Bitcoin because the product is solid and the fees are by far the lowest available. Remember, you don't have to make an all-or-nothing bet-the-house investment into anything, let alone Bitcoin. But as Bill Miller once said, I find I pay a lot closer attention to something once I own it. In light of that, I'd encourage the skeptical folks to get off the sidelines and start learning. Get a small amount of Bitcoin if you don't already have some, and then learn through trial and error. Pay a friend with it, accept a payment in it, and you will discover for yourself what benefits there are. One more announcement before I sign off today. If you like the podcast and have gained any value from it, you can always shoot me a donation using the Bitcoin QR address on the podcast's website. Just scan the QR code and send a few dollars if you're so inclined. Or if you haven't received a dollar's worth of value from the show, then keep on listening for free. Hopefully you'll learn something. It's all good either way. Another way to support the show and the method that works best for the Bitcoin uninitiated is to sign up for Strike using referral code. Referral code is Z-E-Y-D-W-P. That's Zulu Echo Yankee Delta Whiskey Papa, spelled phonetically. When you sign up on the Strike app, just use that code and uh, you will get $10 and so will I uh, for just signing up. You could easily convert that $10 into Bitcoin and start your crypto journey. Uh, and it's just a good on-ramp that costs you nothing and helps the show out if you're getting some value out of it. I'll include that code in the notes for this podcast episode with a link to Strike's website so that you can get started with $10 in free Bitcoin today if you are so inclined. Well, once again, I thank you for listening, and I hope you're getting value out of the show. That does it for episode 21, and I'll see you again next week with another write-up.